Welcome nerd. Are you ready to launch 142nd expedition into nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin rockabilly track. Priming engines. Now looking for John Cena. Location not found. Unencrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, the Queen has spoken and it is good news. Oh, yes. Yes, my wife has given me permission to actually decorate early for Halloween this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. I, I'm realizing basically I'm like the Halloween version of like Clark Griswold in like Christmas Vacation at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Every year it's just getting like bigger and more elaborate. Wow. So like I, I've got like blueprints drawn up. I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with the front porch. I mean, I'm dusting shit off. I am ready to go. No, uh, my girlfriend was all about putting pumpkins and everything up like a couple weeks ago. Like she was like, we got to start now. And I'm like, October, it's October. We'll start. Yeah, that's just me. You are (laughs) such a piece of shit, Christian. (laughs) Why are you such a killjoy? Like who who didn't hug you enough as a child? I don't know. (laughs) Who doesn't like Halloween and who doesn't want an excuse to like start (laughs) celebrating early, especially like this year? Well, true. Like, so are you planning anything, like, big for Halloween this year since you are a new homeowner? Well, I definitely want to get some animatronics and stuff for my front yard, but we'll see if I can even afford that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. you. I mean, you did just buy a house. Um, exactly. Have you seen that fucking, like, was it like, a? Tw- it's like 12 feet tall. It's a giant skeleton that Home Depot is yeah, selling I saw right it. now. I was like super excited the moment I saw it and it's like only $300 and I'm like, I could, I could make that real fast. (laughs) I don't know, man. Like I, I just don't have enough front yard for it Uh and I would just be terrified. Like someone would like try to take it or knock it over. Like I have a bunch of animatronics, but they're Uh all like on my porch and closed. Um, But that thing is so tempting. I don't know. I, I have know. like um, a ton of like newborns though on my block. Like oh. a lot of like young families. So I'm like, is anything that I put out here going to fly? <laughs> well, that's nice of you to to care. Oh. I I obviously don't give a shit because <laughs> I'm like you know put it like I've got Nosferatu. I've uh. got Sam from Trick or Treat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I posted that on Instagram so if people want to see it. But yeah, no, it's it, fucking it, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with two different heads, which is really nice. Because oh, okay. I thought that you would just take off the hood to like mm-hmm. you know reveal the pumpkin head, but no, it's a separate like fully formed latex head, and it's really well rendered. So I I don't know, man. I'm excited to like like display that this year um is I'm wait sh- is the face animatronic too or no no the face is not animatronic. okay, okay. it moves its arms move it mm-hmm. plays music and shit you know the score from the movie but that's pretty much it but i mean i can't i mean beggars can't be choosers i've been waiting yeah. for something like that for years you know since that movie came out so mm-hmm. i actually played around with the idea of actually making one because i feel like it's oh. pretty easy to do <laughs> uh I mean, it would look nothing like this, though. So I'm glad that I waited it out. Um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, I I just can't wait to see like the kids on my blocks like reaction to you know seeing that thing. <laughs> so I've got the house that like people like come and like take photos of and shit. Uh-huh. And, like I'm that guy on the block at this point. So <laughs> the crazy family on the block, <laughs> the weirdos. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited. If you can't tell. Um, and you know what? Listeners should be excited because next week is the start of Horror Month. Yes, that's right. It's the famous, amazing nerd show, Horror Month. It's our annual event celebrating all things Halloween. And this year, we're doing countdowns for some of our favorite horror subgenres. I mean, we're talking zombie films, supernatural movies, and more. So make sure you tune in next week and get ready for Horror Month. All right, well... Enough about next week. Let's talk about the news. But before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing Nerd Show swag. All right, so this week we got a review from Sidewalk Siren. Uh, An absolute nerd party. We need more podcasts like this one. Their DC Fandom Breakdown episode is a rich, informative conversation that continues the celebration of the event. Their discussions are informative, entertaining, warm, and inviting. Stop reading this review. Just click subscribe. Highly recommended. Thank you so much, Sidewalk Siren. Um, Some nerd swag will be on your way. Just go ahead and DM us all your information. Uh, and like we said at the top, if you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a five-star review because we might read it on the podcast and we'll send you some amazing Nerd Show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in Nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. All right, Damon, first off, we've got the WandaVision trailer that dropped during the Emmy. It's twilight time. Out of Wanda and Vision. Don't we have five pets? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas! Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Right, so this looked batshit crazy, right? Yes. I mean, but fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm definitely loving everything that we're seeing from the show. Like, like it's it's all the same. Like they gave us exactly what we've been seeing out of the pictures. So I mean, there's definitely a huge mystery still behind what what's really going on. But what we got from like just those last few moments in that trailer where it gave us like a, a glimpse of what could possibly be like where Wanda is and how things are like changing. I thought it was very cool to, for, of them to actually release to us. So I'm definitely excited to see where they go. No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely seems like she's shifting through like different mm. idyllic, like sitcom realities, you know, throughout, you know, the past, you know, decades. Um, but you know, obviously something isn't right. I mean, we're seeing Mm. like, you know, things start to glitch and, you know, it seems like she's aware of what's going on, but vision isn't. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I I feel like it's pretty obvious that she's kind of warping reality, just trying to keep vision alive. Um, you know, but we could see that she knows what's going on, but vision definitely doesn't seem to understand, Mm. you know, what's happening. So maybe we're going to be watching like him kind of like, unravel the mystery of everything um they introduced uh catherine han 
who's playing uh, Agatha. She's like the wacky neighbor, you know, at least in this trailer. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, people are assuming that she's Agatha Harkness, uh, which would make sense since she has so much history with Wanda. Um, you know, she's a powerful witch from, you know, the Marvel comics. And she was like part of the original Salem Seven. Uh, she was like a babysitter of Franklin Richards at one point uh, and then became like a mentor to Wanda. Now, Wanda does eventually go crazy and kill her, um, you know, when she loses her mind. So um, there's that. We'll see if that plays out at all. A lot <laughs> of people are speculating that she might be the villain of the series. Uh, but with her history and everything like that, I don't know if I see that, and especially with the scene that we saw where she's kind of like in a trance. Like, you know, mm. in the middle of the road in her car and Vision approaches her and she's like kind of like awoken and confused and asks if she's dead. And then Vision's like, no, why did you say that? And she's like, because you are. And then she starts cackling. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people saw that and just assumed, OK, well, she's evil. <laughs> uh-huh. But I don't I think maybe she might realize that she's being manipulated, but she might be, you know, out of. You know, it might not be in her control. Like, it might not be her doing. Well, I've got a theory. Okay, go ahead. I think it's going to be a situation where it's her and Monica both going in on their own, like, different devices. Like, maybe Monica's working with S.H.I.E.L.D. or something else, and then she's on the other end trying to get into um, Wanda's head and stuff like that. But at the same time, Wanda's altering reality the whole time. So, of course, they're all going to get turned around all fucked up and probably lose their own agendas yeah i mean monica's definitely working with someone i mean i believe Mm. we've seen like photos of her with like i I believe like a sword uniform on last time we saw her was in captain marvel much younger um it seems like she's working with sword that was the big rumor there's i guess there's like leaked photos you know people you know on the series like in like sword uniforms so We'll see if that's the case. She definitely is getting like ripped through, you know, some kind of like reality warp or something's happening, Um, you know, and she I don't know. There's a team like of agents around, too. So I don't know if they're with her or whatnot or if they're trying to solve what the fuck's going on. But I mean, mean, I'm definitely excited to see her character get into the MCU in general. Uh, but I, like where we saw her last in the comics, I don't remember what issue it was, but she was all types of messed up. So I'm hoping, they, <laughs> you know, the MCU version doesn't. They always fuck with her in the comic uh-huh. books. I mean, I feel like it's a case of them never like fully investing in the character and putting like a great like creative mm. team behind her because she's a really cool, interesting character. But they just never do her justice. So hopefully now that she's becoming more featured in the, you know, the movies and the show and everything like that, she'll get a good run. I hope that we do get to see her as Spectrum eventually, if not in this series, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhere down the line, because she's such an awesome character who does not get her just due in the comics. Um, So hopefully the MCU can, you know, change that. So I guess there was another little nice little, I guess, I guess this could be an Easter egg, but someone pointed towards the license plate. Um, I guess it's an issue number of a, a, like an old Avengers comic where vision ends Mm. up like, you know, getting a new life. So he fights, I guess the grim reaper. And then, you know, I guess he's trying to, I don't know, somehow 
transfer his essence into uh, Simon, who's Wonder Man, and so he can, like, live happily ever after with Wanda. <laughs> so people are pointing at that, like, it, Foggy has uh, done it in the past with numbers, so who hmm. knows? <laughs> or it could just be a license plate. I don't know. Uh, also, people, I guess, translated what's on the bottle of wine, uh, which I think is French. Uh, it's like House of Something, so people were like, oh, it's a reference to House uh-huh. of M. Or it could just be a bottle of wine. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a billion more of those in the actual oh, show. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially a show with like this kind of premise. There's uh, going to be tons of that shit. Especially Halloween night. I bet you're going to get tons mm-hmm. of different like, you know, uh, Marvel comic costumes and stuff like that. And little Easter eggs for things to come. So, um, And we'll see how this all ties into Doctor Strange. You know, uh, that that's, yes. you know, I mean, that's a couple a couple years away at this point but you know we know that wanda's going to be in you know dr strange so mm-hmm. we'll see if they have like you know a, i don't know maybe some kind of cameo or something possibly i mean if this you know is supposed to tie directly to that movie i'm kind of hoping that the series kind of ends on a sour note then like i hope it goes that far where she's really fucking up reality oh i think i think yeah <laughs> No, I'm wondering if Wanda's actually going to be one of the main villains in Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. So, you know, not, you know, by her own doing, just like she's just, mm-hmm. you know, lost it completely and Doctor Strange has to help her. Maybe what she's doing actually caused, like, you know, the multiverse to become unstable. And that's like mm-hmm. the whole reason for, you know, the sequel. No, I think it'd be cool to see her as the main villain. I think that'd be a great direction to go, but... Only time will tell. <laughs> All right, up next, Miss Marvel lands Bad Boys for Life and the Punisher directors. That's right. I'm going to take a deep breath before I say these names, Christian. <laughs> and I apologize beforehand for this because I'm going to slaughter these. Uh, Adil El Arbi and Bala Fala. I hope I hope I'm close at least. Um, have been confirmed to be directing multiple episodes of the series, and they were the helmers of Bad Boys for Life. Are you a Bad Boys fan, Christian? I hate that. <laughs> so. so this wasn't the best news in the world for for you no. in Christian's corner. Uh, well, we also have news that Obaid Chinoy. I feel confident about that one. Uh, who has a pair of Oscars uh, for directing uh, a couple of documentary shorts. Uh, and okay. she's also and she also directed episodes of The Walking Dead, The Punisher and DC Universe's Titans. So, I mean, OK, so I mean, that's related, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that, that works, you know. It's just it's just interesting that they're all all these titles are kind of like they have a bit of a hard edge on there. And that's not what I think when I think. You know, Kamala Khan, while, while she has had some dark moments, you know, I, I, I can't picture like, you know, Punisher style. Well, Marvel, why are you trying to you pigeonhole all these directors now? I, guess, I, mean, I, I shouldn't, but, you know, that's not fair. Just because you like directed a couple action films doesn't mean you can't direct a drama. I mean, if she did the episode that was fuck Batman, you know, I'm, I'm going to be concerned. <laughs> I think pe- people are loving Titans, though. That is true. And I, I, uh, still, I never gave it a chance after all those bad trailers. So. <laughs> you just liked the memes. Uh, uh. The, the, that actually Titans, and this is completely unrelated, but Titans actually just got announced, I think, 
a, a, a little bit ago that they're going to be headed over to HBO Max. So along with oh, okay. Harley Quinn and everything, which we kind of talked about. But that's has nothing to do with Miss Marvel. So <laughs> they're definitely, you know, full steam ahead with the series. You know, they landed a couple of directors. So that's great news. Um, hopefully we'll hear like a release date at some point. So um, they have not casted Miss Marvel as far as we know yet. So gotcha. I'm sure that uh, announcement will be soon, though, especially since with like She-Hulk recently, we got kind of news of like the mm-hmm. directors that they hired. And then like literally like a week later, we found out, you know, who was playing She-Hulk. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Do you think they'll they will choose the Terrigen Mist angle storyline again, or you think they'll do something new? They might be a little skittish with the Inhumans, since that was kind uh-huh. of a bust. <laughs> but I don't see another angle for them to go, like for her origin. Mm-hmm. So they might just like lightly, you know, dance around it, and then maybe like somewhere, you know, maybe in the like the second or third season take a deep dive but it does it's such a big part of her origin i don't know how you do the series without that unless you just play <laughs> you just kind of play it that she doesn't know how she got her power she just kind of wakes up with them that's true i mean she could have been taking those fish oil pills that they had in marvel's avengers <laughs> not avengers uh marvel uh, agents of shield oh god <laughs> yeah that's how they explain that well one. that's oh, that's, that's no longer canon so <laughs> no, they can kind of wash their hands of that thankfully (laughs) all right well and up next black widow eternals shang chi all pushed into 2021 yes deep into 2021 (laughs) so i mean we knew this was coming but Uh boo anyway uh (laughs) black widow will now be released may 7th 2021 the eternals will be released november 5th 2021 and shang chi and the legend of the ten rings will be released on July 9th, 2021. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, at this point, I don't even know why we report this, because everything's just going to change again. Uh, yeah, because all it, it's going to really take is another studio to, like, move their, like, schedule, and then, like, Marvel is going to react and move. That's how it always worked with these studios. So, um, but yeah. I don't know, man. They're saying right now that it's not going to affect the 2022 schedule, but that's bullshit. That's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) It sucks, Um, but it is what it is. You know, Um, it's scary out there, so I don't blame people for not wanting to go see movies right now, and they shouldn't. Is Shang-Chi done? No, no. They're they're mid-production. That's what I was wondering. No, no. Um, It's not done. You know, Black Widow's definitely done. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. been done. <laughs> I mean, the merch has all hit the stores and gone at this point. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the Marvel Legend figures are on, like, deep discount at this point. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Uh, so, But, hey, at least we have Marvel TV. The Falcon and Winter Soldier are slated for, you know, early 2021. So we know WandaVision should be debuting, you know, this December. All right, well, now flipping on over to the DC side of things, uh, the Suicide Squad's John Cena to lead HBO Max Peacemaker series. Yes, and probably one of the best TV series titles of all time. Oh, fuck, it's Peacemaker. (laughs) 
will be heading over to HBO Max, and it will be an origin series of the Peacemaker character. So it might not be spoilers. This might be more of a prequel. We'll, we will see. Um, this will mm-hmm. be written, all eight episodes, by James Gunn. Um, and he will actually direct the first episode and multiple episodes in the series, I guess. So that's definitely good news. Um, you know, and here's a little blurb about the Peacemaker character. Uh, the character that John Cena is playing uh, is a man who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes, it is. So in an interview, James Gunn said uh, Peacemaker is an opportunity to delve into current world issues through the lens of superheroes slash supervillain slash the world's biggest douchebag uh, Peacemaker. Uh, he's excited to expand on the Suicide Squad and bring this character from the DC film universe to a series. So um, it looks pretty fucking awesome. One of the big highlights, I feel, of you know the footage that we saw at DC Fandom with the Suicide Squad was John Cena as that character. He just looked absolutely ridiculous. I mean, but like oh. straight out of the fucking comics. So um, I'm excited for this, man. No, exactly. I mean, I feel like if there's a character you can have a lot of fun with, it's probably going to be Peacemaker, because who gives a fuck about his actual storyline? But... There might be some hardcore Peacemaker like fans out there. You don't know. Yeah, fuck it. Uh... <laughs> what? <laughs> this looks like it's going to be a How about fuck you, Christian? <laughs> I'm sure he's got more fans than you do. <laughs> This looks like it's going to be a fun series. Yes, no, absolutely. And I'm glad that James Gunn's like relationship with DC is going to carry on. So like how many cameos from Sean Gunn do you think a whole series gets? Oh, a whole lot. And he'll be playing multiple characters. <laughs> Any character that's CGI will be Sean Gunn. So and there's nothing wrong with that. He knows what oh. he's doing. So it's going to give Andy Circus a run for his money at this <laughs> some point, right? <laughs> All right, well, but in sad news for DC, Supergirl to end after six seasons on the CW. First of all, I didn't know the CW actually, like, canceled shows. I (laughs) I mean, Supernatural's on, like, what, season, like, 13 or 14 or something crazy like that? Supernatural just ended. Yeah, but, like, it was, like, season 13 or 14. True. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) And they probably would have kept on going if they wanted to, so... But yeah, no, I was surprised by this because Supergirl has, a like, I guess a decent fan following. I mean, we're both not huge fans of the show. I mean, I've only seen parts of episodes, but I know that it has a following. You know, people are pretty passionate about it. So but unfortunately, this season is going to be the last um, there. It's going to be a 20 episode season um, and it will begin uh, production this month. So I, I have a feeling that it might get a second life over at HBO Max. Hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling like we're gonna see a huge transition of a lot of like titles over to HBO Max at this point. Yeah, um, I you know I it seems like the right move for yeah, them. Yeah, and I mean, it, like I said, it definitely has its fans. So why the fuck mm. not? You know, I'm sure part of the reason is like production costs for them because it, it did have like heavy effects in the show i know that happened with like buffy and uh angel uh when it came mm. with, to uh cw 
Yeah, I mean, definitely bad news for DC fans. Um, like I said, I'm surprised because it did feel like it was doing well enough to keep on going. I mean, Jesus Christ, mm. they just canceled Arrow once again. <laughs> the CW <laughs> does not cancel shows, so it must be a budget thing or something. Um, you know, and, and actually, you know what? Arrow wasn't canceled. I think Steve Amell, he just didn't want to yeah, do yeah, it he anymore. He walked away, right? right? Mm. So, whatever. I mean, there is rumors that there's supposed to be a Supergirl like movie at some point. So, I don't know if that played into oh, okay. things, but who knows. And now for your favorite segment, Christian's Corner. All right, guys, today I'm going to be talking about Microsoft and the future of Bethesda. But first up, I want to talk about all the horrible stories that just came out over the pre-orders due to the PS5's release and the Xbox um, series whatever release at this point. Uh, fucking mad. People were trying to buy um, the Xbox recently. That, that was this week. PS5 was last week, which was a fucking huge disaster. But um, first off, I'm going to talk about Xbox. Xbox had pretty much all the same problems that PlayStation had. After have, boasting that they weren't going to have these problems, uh, they were having instant sellouts show up on websites, and then also their very own sites were crashing while people were trying to buy. And I'm talking the Microsoft Store here was fucking crashing. This is something that they are in control of and everything like that. <laughs> So it's just, it's funny that, um, you know, over the week they were like, you know, making fun of PlayStation for having all these problems and then they ended up having the exact same issue. With PlayStation, you know, actually, you know, people were showing that it was disappearing from digital carts. Um, successful purchases were coming back canceled. So, I mean, you know, gamers were, have been frustrated for the last few weeks trying to get a hold of the consoles and it just hasn't worked out for them. Um, Xbox stated that November 10th, when the console actually comes out, there'll be more consoles available. But before then, you know, it's probably it's probably up in the air if you'll be able to actually pre-order anything. Um, you know, a lot of people that actually did have successful purchases without any problems have actually put their shit up on eBay at this point and are trying to sell it like for thousands of dollars. And there are people that are actually bidding thousands of dollars on these consoles, which I think is completely ridiculous. Um, you know, you could always wait till next year if you really need a new console. Uh, it's not the end of the world, guys. I, I part of me, uh, like, I, I've been debating it because I did like the, um, the exclusives that you're getting with PlayStation and stuff like that recently. And I've been like, oh man, maybe I should pick up the PS5 when it comes out, um, just so I can be able to stream those games for you guys and stuff like that. So I, I'm still debating on that decision. But I mean, Jesus, I, I wouldn't pay that much over asking price uh like fucking like over twelve hundred dollars and above for a fucking playstation 5 or an xbox series X. i just think that's you know ridiculous um during all this madness uh, playstation also uh, you know there's there's been like a console ratio problem where retailers have only been made available 25% to 75% um, in favor of the disc version of the PlayStation rather than the digital. So those looking for just the digital version of the console might be you know, struggling to buy that even further than they would with the uh, disc version, which it's already you know, pretty much impossible to get a pre-order of the game console now at this point anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's been another big frustration for gamers out there right now. Sony has pretty much admitted that they're going to be doing $70 games 
for next gen um, titles. Um, you know, my, my stance, you know, has been that I'm, at the end of the day, I'm fine with it. You know, um, there hasn't been a price increase for, I think, over 15 years and stuff like that on gaming. And, you know, the it has cost um, game studios way more to make games over the years. Um, you know, it, it makes sense that why that they would want to raise it up. But at the same time, you know, uh, I can't imagine people that, like, who play games on a budget often you know, being too happy about this, uh, you know, going up to six, uh, 69.99, which is awesome. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a catch 22. You know, I want the people that work hard on these games to make their money and stuff like that. Um, you know, have the industry, like if, if this all comes back to the industry and actually helps those who, you know, who are deserving of the money that actually put in the effort, um, you know, that's great. But, I mean, if all this is just to um, make more money for the actual, like, you know, the publishing houses and the, you know, the corporate board and stuff like that, then I'm, I'm, I'm a little less, you know, for it, you know. Um, I, man, I'm already thinking of, like, you know, being as a streamer, like, wanting to play the latest games and stuff like that. Every time, you know, throwing in more money and stuff like that, that hurts at, at the end of the day, you know. It's, you know, it's something... You, Unless you're making money while streaming, it's it's not the you know, it's not the bee's knees when <laughs> they just keep raising prices and stuff like that. Now that isn't to say you know there's game sales pretty regularly. I mean there's usually a fall and a summer sale, um, and games go down by thirty to fifty percent quite often. So I mean, you you do have the option to buy these games at a later date. Um, and pick them up for much cheaper, but you know the average gamer wants to play it day one and you know Not be spoiled by anything and stuff like that So I mean it is what it is um, Sony also stated that You know um, Jim Ryan from Sony uh, also explained that they don't have any real plans going towards uh, a game pass type model um, in their future uh, which you know it, it, it's only proving to show that Game Pass is going to be a problem for Sony down the road. Because when they're raising their titles to $69.99, when Xbox is just giving you the game in pretty much in a $15 subscription every month, um, you know, that makes that deal sound even better at this point. Uh, well, now, I mean, you are still paying for the game. Uh, probably over time, you'll be spending more. But you're not going to. The average consumer is not going to recognize that they're going to say hey i paid 15 dollars. i get to play this game whenever i want all month long you know it, that just really gives gamers way more accessibility towards all games at that point you know it really makes xbox and game pass look great but even after all that fucking craziness with all the fucking cancellations I do have some pretty exciting news for you guys. We have buddied up with Digital Sky Podcast to give you an opportunity to win either an Xbox Series S or a PS5. To do so, make sure that you are subscribed to the Amazing Nerd Show and Digital Sky on your favorite podcast platform and follow both of us on social media. It's as simple as that to enter. And hey, if you want even more chances to win either a PS5 or an Xbox Series S, 
simply follow the directions um, in the links provided below. That'll give you even more chances to enter this giveaway. I think this is a great opportunity for you guys to be able to get it. Um, I know that I'm looking forward to being able to play on next gen at some point. So I mean, this is this is a huge opportunity for you guys. But I mean, let's talk about something that you might actually be able to play on the Xbox coming forward if you chose an Xbox Series S. And that's with Microsoft's big acquisition of ZeniMax. So yes, the news came out that Microsoft spent $7.5 billion buying ZeniMax. Um, the deal is, of course, still in the works, but it looks pretty much like a done deal at this point. Um, ZeniMax is the parent company to studios like Bethesda, and you know that everything that Bethesda owns and works on, you know, for everything from Doom to Elder Scrolls, the works. I mean, this is a massive acquisition for Microsoft and for Xbox as a whole. You know, this comes right off me talking about, you know, Xbox doesn't have the exclusives. Xbox doesn't have, you know, the games that make me want to go and buy an Xbox right here and right now. Uh, I literally, I've been talking about that with every conference and everything like that. You know, they've been so focused on Game Pass and stuff like that, which this is also huge news for Game Pass as well. But I'll, I'll get onto that. Um, you know, PlayStation, you know, was more enticing, you know, as a console because it had the exclusives. Well, now fucking Microsoft has all the studios and all the fucking exclusives, you know? Uh, this comes at a time where, you know, Apple and everyone else is really, you know, trying to get games going for their, um, for their stuff, you know? Um, Google and everyone wants all the game studios that they can to work for them. Well, guess who you're gonna have to go through? Fucking Microsoft. <laughs> you know, um, exclusivity has uh, as has been reported to be kind of like on a case by case basis. Um, you know, they they definitely still have a bunch of um, timed exclusives for the PlayStation. You know, with um, Deathloop and a couple other games. Um, so you know, we'll see if any of those deals change, but I doubt it. I feel like they'll just run those contracts, and then probably going forward, they'll make sure things are more. Um, geared towards the Xbox exclusivity um, you know it's everything that uh, all the Bethesda titles will be coming to Game Pass all future ones will be coming to Game Pass like day one so I mean that makes Game Pass like I just said earlier look fucking amazing <laughs> this all ties together because I mean come on this is huge news um, for all future Bethesda titles. Uh, there's a ton of unannounced games that haven't been coming out, uh, haven't come out yet, uh, that they haven't announced or anything like that. Uh, you know, this is a big acquisition. Now, hopefully, you know, maybe Microsoft can push Bethesda to start finishing games before putting them out, so, you know, so that we don't have a huge fucking buggy mess like uh, Fallout 76. But we'll see. Uh, you know, I. I'm excited by the news, but at the same time, I'm a little, I got a little scared, you know, I was like, oh my god, are they going to start making these games, you know, like, Xbox locked, like, you can't even play them on PC, but I mean, they do have, I mean, Xbox and Game Pass and everything has been, you know, making sure that things are going to PC and Xbox same day and stuff like that, so I'm not, I shouldn't be too worried, but, you know, my, my instinct tells me not to trust Xbox too much. <laughs> Um, you know, the, there's also that that downside of if you play a game on it on Game Pass, you can't play it with someone who's playing it on Steam and stuff like that. You know, uh, multiplayer wise. So there's there's always those little caveats here and there uh, when it comes to things like Game Pass. Um, you know, it's it's a big it's a huge it's a huge deal. Um, only time will tell um, with how exclusive games are going to start getting. 
but I mean, I can only imagine what is capable now. And think about this, you know, and it's been brought up a million times. I'm sure you've heard it, but you know, Obsidian and Bethesda are now back under the same roof. What could that possibly mean? <laughs> or bring you know uh it, it's exciting times to be a gamer you know we're right at the you know the precipice of these new fucking t uh, consoles coming out um tons of game uh, titles coming out cyberpunks right around the fucking corner um and you know what else is right around the corner actually starting next week um you know we talked about at the beginning of the show but also on my streams you'll be seeing more horror as well because it is horror month for the Amazing Nerd Show. And that means it's gonna be Horror Month on the Amazing Nerd Show Live. So I just wanted to make sure that I announced that here as well. Um, I'm looking into what games I wanna play. You know, speaking of Bethesda, I'm thinking of picking up and playing um, Doom and Doom Eternal during Horror Month and figuring out what other horror games I would like to play. I know Doom is not necessarily a horror game, but it deals with demons and stuff like that. You know, we're, we're going into the dark side of gaming. We're wanna get into that. Uh, I wanna play a bunch of titles. I think I'm going to be adding an extra day to streaming. Um, you know, I'm trying to work in my editing schedule properly so that I can, you know, add an extra day. I'm thinking of putting um, Friday through Sunday being stream days for you guys. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, right now, I'm still streaming Ghost of Tsushima. Um, you know, I think I'm. I think I don't think I'm going to go back to Marvel's Avengers going forward. I think I'm actually done. Um, it was, it was what it was. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. At right now, my grade for that game is a solid C. Um, <laughs> you know, they they have some good moments, uh, but it feels like shit, and I I hate playing it. <laughs> so I'm probably not gonna go back to it. On the other side, uh, speaking of Obsidian, I'm I'm still playing The Outer Worlds. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm getting my ass kicked, but I think I have uh, a plan for my next stream on how I'm gonna get past fucking Edgewater. <laughs> Finally. Uh, you know, the, that last episode, if you haven't seen, man, oh my god, do I die so many fucking times. It's, it's a fucking fun time, at least. Um, you should join us on my streams. I, I stream to Twitch and to our Facebook page, uh, but... I think I'm more focused on Twitch and things will be, uh, there will be some Twitch exclusives and stuff going forward. Uh, like I recently did a Call of Duty um, multiplayer, um, which is only going to be on actually live streamed. It won't be put on YouTube and stuff like that. You know, so make sure that you join us live um, on the weekends. Um, so if you want to see any of our, be part of my live show as well. Uh, that's the Amazing Nerd Show, so definitely check us out. Um, if you do want to catch up on any of my replays that I do have for like games like Ghost of Tsushima and The Outer Worlds and other um, story games that I'll be playing in the future, make sure that you're subscribed to us on YouTube. That's where I edit them down and I, you know, make them more concise. You know, no more watching me ride a horse for fucking 10 minutes between locations uh, and running into an enemy every five seconds. No, it, you'll get more of the story and we'll focus on that. Um, and we'll do that. Um, but if you want to be a part of those shows, you got to watch them live and you got to comment and let me know how you feel about the show and stuff like that. So make sure you definitely check us out, follow, subscribe, all that works. All right, let's move on. All right, Christian, we're moving on. This past weekend, we both saw a film. That's right, Damon. We saw the movie Antebellum. We are descendants of the gods. This land was always ours. But we must never relent. We're nowhere and everywhere. You're from Virginia. 
Virginia, right? I can tell. You're special. We are the future. You. You're not like the others. Successful author Veronica Henley finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. This is directed and written by Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz. So when I first saw the trailer for Antebellum, I was really impressed. I mean, it was filled with strange and terrifying visuals, and it really set up this film, you know, that seemed to intersect between the modern day and, like, the horrific period of American history known as the Antebellum South. Um, You know, was it a ghost story or some bizarre case of time travel? There seemed to be a real mystery there, and I was hooked. And then to, like, top it all off, it was brought to us by the producers, or some of the producers, behind the brilliant film Get Out. So I was really prepared for something, like, creative and thought-provoking. But unfortunately, that really wasn't the case. Uh, Instead, I left the film feeling disappointed and frustrating. Uh, Disappointed because it's big reveal and like mystery that we're kind of sold on with the trailer seems to be just a cut and paste job from another film from the early 2000s. And oh yeah, the reason why that aforementioned film failed so hard was because the reveal was so audacious that it just felt ludicrous. I mean, the audiences like instantly rejected it. Uh, so much so, if I mentioned that film's name, it would automatically reveal Annabellum's secret. So I don't want to spoil it for anyone in case people want to see it. Um, but, I mean, it's fine to borrow and be inspired by other films, but why would you choose one with such a universally panned twist? It would be like the Rolling Stones choosing to cover, like, the Backstreet Boys I mean, it just makes no freaking sense. Um, that brings us to, like, why this film is so frustrating, at least for me. Uh, and I'm not saying, like, the people behind this film are the effing Rolling Stones, but there's definitely talent there. Because aspects of the film, like the cinematography and the score, are actually well produced. I mean, the film looks beautiful and sounds great. But, like, in the biggest crime, I mean, don't get me started, is just wasting the talent of, like, Janelle Monet. I mean, she gives such a strong performance that you find yourself actually invested and in rooting for her regardless of all the film's flaws. But in the long run, there's just too many flaws to overcome. I mean, the film just feels like it, like, treads water for the first two acts and lacks any kind of suspense. And that's, like, with me, you know, really, like, figuring things, like, out, like, where this film was headed within the first 20 minutes. I can, like, I don't know. It was it was pretty easy to piece together where it was going. And I don't know if that was on purpose. I don't know if they were truly invested in the mystery of the film, um, you know, or if that was a choice, like, forced on them. But, I mean, just when it is finally revealed, it just lands so 
flat. And I don't know if that's due to like the pacing or the editing, but it just didn't work. And it's sad because the message that this film has is really timely and it should resonate more so than ever nowadays. Like I almost feel like if they would have just told us the story straight without the twist, without like the swerve of the audience, it would have been more effective because the premise that this whole movie is set up on is just so fucking horrifying to think about. But making it a mystery just gets in the way of the message and the story. Um, you know, so with all that being said, I definitely cannot recommend this movie. You know, I absolutely agree with you. Um, this film rests so much on the concept of it being a mystery. And the answer to that mystery is so lackluster and so easy to see coming that it truly unravels anything you could consider being good about the film. Um, for me, even if I were to take out you know, that element of the mystery and everything, from what I saw from a story standpoint, it still was all you know lazy to me. It all felt very lazy. Um, the cast itself is wasted on by this script where they decide to start the story in order to keep you guessing and in a mystery um, is so less interesting than if they had just started with like the main characters fall into all of this. You know, the true horrors of this time period and what hell she probably would have been going through if um, she were to like fight back, you know, based off of what we learned from the character's backstory and stuff like that. Um, and also, personally, I, I thought the friends could have been a very interesting element if they were going through the same thing. And I thought that was something we were going to get from the, from just watching the trailer as well. But, you know, I digress. And it's a shame because you're right. This was well shot and well scored, but they were so married to this mystery and unfortunately produced a script on par with something I would probably see out of a Lifetime Movie Network film. You know, um, you can tell that the crew put in the passion and work into this film, um, like, you know, tons of great shots, tons of great moments, like, you know, her whole, like, thing with the yoga instructor that comes into play later on. Um, you know, there's there's tons of great moments like that that you can tell that they were really thinking about. But the story just doesn't do it justice. And, you know, like you could tell the cast was really getting into the roles. I mean, everything felt right on that aspect. But when you look at the story as a whole and you look at like when you're watching through it and everything, I don't know. Everything just feels so fucking lackluster. All right, Christian. So with that being said, what would you grade this? All right, well, you know, Damon, I'm thinking I'm going to give it a D plus, And I think that's because, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, it's a movie. It's a story. I, I'm supposed to be able to enjoy the story. And I, I couldn't because everything focused around a very dumb mystery. Um, and, you know, there was no saving grace beyond that. You know, there wasn't like great horror thing or anything to scare me. There wasn't any action. There wasn't, you know, it was... It was just a very lackluster experience um, that I don't think is, you know, you know I'm kind of glad wasn't in the theaters. I, I, I feel like I'm being a little harsh, but at, at the same time, you know, I'm kind of glad it was an at-home experience and not a theater experience because it, it just didn't feel big enough to be on the big screen my way. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great things to be said about it, you know, uh, with cinematography and stuff like that, but 
when it all comes together and it feels the way it did, it feels lazy, like I said, um, I'm going to have to give it a D plus tops. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give it a C minus. And that's solely on like, you know, based on like strong performances and the overall production value of the film. But unfortunately, there just wasn't enough story there, you know, to make this a good film. All right, Damon. Well, we got to move on to wrestling. We have always had a dark side in us. We have never had to fight it. It has been bred in us. We are violent. We like it. Don't make threats. You can't back up. You want to get in real life? You better be in the best shape of your life. All right, so this past weekend was the start of G1 Climax 30. And what a, yeah. what a start it was. It's so great to have New Japan back and get some fucking awesome wrestling because, God, yes. <laughs> WWE is not delivering right now. I literally think I saw the worst Raw ever this past Monday. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it because I'll just, you know, rant the rest of our time away. So, <laughs> But, I mean, Jesus Christ, was that a shitty episode. Uh, so, But anyway, let's talk about something that wasn't shitty, Christian. Let's talk about the G1. All right, so how this is going to work is we're going to go ahead and we're going to read through the results of the you know the first three nights, and uh, we'll just talk some of like our favorite. That's right, Damon. Starting off with night one, we're going to go straight into the G1 matches because I don't know the Young Lions okay. like that. Fair enough. <laughs> Me neither. All right, um, first up, we have Osprey versus Takahashi. Osprey winning. We have Taichi defeating Jeff Cobb. We have Suzuki defeating Ishii. We have Jay White defeating Shingo. We have Kota Ibushi defeating Okada in the very first night. And declaring himself God. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, first of all, let's start with uh, Ishii uh, versus Suzuki. How good it is to see like these two maniacs beat the shit out of each other in the ring again. Mm. Like, I could watch these assholes beat the fuck out of each other all day long. Like, I, that's how much I love this. Like, it just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's hysterical to me. Ishii is built like a fucking fire hydrant. Like, he has absolutely no neck whatsoever. I mean, he just seems like such a bad motherfucker. You wouldn't mess with him. But then there's Suzuki, <laughs> who's even more terrifying. So, I mean, th this was, like, this was one of my, like, favorite, like, highlights of, you know, the past three nights. You know, what's great about Ishii is that, like, even though he is, like, small, he has such a huge personality behind that, like, stone face. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something so big about him that, like, even though, like, Suzuki's taller than him, Osprey's taller than him. Those were the two matches we've seen so far out of him. And, you know, he's such a big presence in the ring. Well, he's such a believable way. badass. Yeah, but I mean, and I think one of the reasons why people get so invested in him is because he's also great at selling. So you you yeah. care about the character, um, regardless. So I mean, no, just a fantastic match. Um, another highlight for me was you know just getting to see Osprey wrestle again. You know, it's been far mm -hmm. too long. He looks huge, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of scary. But he still moved like Osprey. You know, because that was my mm. big fear, because I heard he was, like, beefing up for this. So I was like, is he still going to be able to move the same? But it was not an issue whatsoever for him. No, yeah. They put on a fantastic match. Uh, and I was even excited to see Jay White again. 
<laughs> he's so swarmy. Like he's just like this like old uh-huh. school slimy heel. Like he, he plays the role so well and you could tell he's so confident in it now. Um I was, you know, I was happy to see him back. I'm interested to see what that means for like the Bullet Club. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to know where like leadership lies pretty much at this point. <laughs> you know, maybe they figure that out during the tournament though, since you know mm. we'll have some you know possible matchups happening, you know, within the Bullet Club. So uh, we shall see. Uh, I don't know any other highlights from uh, the night one of the A Block. For you. Well, what did you think of Ibushi going over Okada? I thought that was huge. I wasn't necessarily surprised by it um, because I think Okada's going to be fine. I I can't stand the fucking Cobra Clutch that, you know, <laughs> he's basing a lot of his offense around. It seems like he, he uh-huh. keeps on trying to get that move over. And I it's not just him. I just don't like the move. For me, it's the equivalent of the Full Nelson. I hate the Full Nelson, too. Because if you've ever been put in it, it doesn't really do anything. You know, and that's how the Cobra <laughs> Clutch is. Like, it just, I don't know. It's just not believable to me. So, and he's working it so hard. And, I mean, the man is a master at his craft, so he'll eventually get the thing over, I bet. But, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right right now, it's just not working. It was a good match. I don't think it's the best match I've seen those two in, though. Fair enough. I mean, I still enjoyed it, no matter no, what. I mean, I liked I, it, but, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. It wasn't their best match, but I mean, it's still it's Abushi versus Okada. Yeah, (laughs) something just was I don't know with Okada. Something felt off to me and I don't know what Hmm. it was. So, you know, but it's probably the missing money. (laughs) Maybe Maybe you're right. (laughs) That's what it is. Christian, the missing money. All right, well, let's move on. Yes, all right. Um, night two. First up, we had Juice Robinson defeating Yoshihashi. We had Yano defeating Sonata by countout. We had Kenta <sighs> defeating Goto. We had Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Evil. And we had Naito defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, all right, so highlights for me. It's definitely not Juice's new look. Uh, <laughs> he just looks like a male stripper to me. Like, I don't, I know it's supposed to be like a Blues Brothers type deal, but I was like, what is this? What are you going for here? <laughs> you know, that's fine if that's I the gimmick, care. but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's living his best life. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. Uh, fucking Yano. I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of glad they're getting this shit out of the way. Hopefully getting this shit out of the way, like, early oh, on. Oh, he's getting another one. Oh, no. He'll definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's what he does. He plays spoiler, but. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. I don't know. This, the match didn't do anything for me. I mean, I would. You always know when Yano's on, it's going to be a quick match, you know. Mm. But everything with the fucking paradise lock and everything, I I don't know. I can do without it. I thought it was hilarious with the hand sanitizer, but I know that's going to come into play in one of these matches. Oh yeah, he's going to win because of he sprayed someone in the face. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's foreshadowing. Um, uh-huh. Kenta impressed me. You know, I think this is the best Kenta's looked. You know, from what I've seen in New Japan. So I was impressed with Kenta. Um, I, you know, and I, I, you know, I love that he won with the submission. No, I agree. I think he would definitely be next in line. But unfortunately, because of travel issues and the fucking pandemic, <laughs> that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. Uh, I think actually one of my favorite matches, though, was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, versus Evil. So it was weird watching Sabre as like the baby face of the match. Because <laughs> he's such a prick, 
but you uh-huh. could tell the crowd was like getting really behind him and everything and the fact that he kind of like you know stole the win at the end was fantastic yeah i think it's cool that um most of suzuki gun has been undefeated these three nights um i mean of course they had to have one loss because they went up against each other um suzuki versus um taichi in the third night but uh, I think it's pretty interesting to see them all kind of looking strong, especially last year. Um, they weren't, I mean, Suzuki wasn't even in the G1, let alone. But um, yeah, you, you, you know, made them pay I, for that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, they're, they're the, like the lesser team at some points, you know, because, you know, Okada holds up chaos so high. And then fucking um, Bullet Club. the Bullet Club is constantly in the forefront. It'd be interesting to see Suzuki Gun, you know, be brought up more. Um, and be more of a prominent team um, in New Japan. I agree, 100%. I mean, think about it. Fucking Suz- uh, Suzuki is like 52, 53 years mm-hmm. old. <laughs> and that crazy bastard's still out there, like, putting out, like, the high-quality matches that he does. So, I mean, hey, man, why not? Give him a run, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'd be happy to see it. You know, for him to get, like, a shot at, like, you know, Wrestle Kingdom at the belt, that'd be fantastic. But... I don't know. I mean, do you think they would ever go with like Saber Junior? Um, I feel like eventually, you know, mm-hmm. it always seems like they want to put him in that kind of either European title situation yeah. or um, first like for the Intercontinental title. Yeah, yeah. I just I, right now it doesn't seem like the story's there, and usually mm-hmm. you see the story like you know years out with New Japan. So um, we'll see, though. We'll see. Um, For me, the match of the G1 so far, and we've only seen highlights of uh, night three because we're recording this on Wednesday. So we've not actually got to watch the entire third night. But for me, the match of G1 so far is Naito versus uh, Takahashi. Now, we have not seen the third night. We've only seen really highlights because we're recording this on Wednesday. So and we have to sleep. Um, but so that being said, like for me, the match of, you know, the week so far is Naito versus uh, Tanahashi, just a great back and forth. I haven't seen Naito look this good in a long time, you know, um, just thinking like before, like the pandemic, like he felt so beat up. I think like having that time off is like, I don't know, giving him like a second, third, fourth wind. Um, you know, maybe recover from some of his nagging injuries and everything, but these guys just worked their asses off and had such great chemistry in the ring together. They usually do, but I mean, they just put on, you know, a great match with a fantastic story where I was really like, I don't know. I thought Tanahashi was going to win it. No, like Tanahashi and Naito are like perfect foils for each other. So I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. You know, that they would put on such a high caliber and perfect. Match. Yeah, it was just it was really nice to see Naito like at top form again. The one thing about the match, which was weird, was like for some reason they couldn't like, I don't know, hit the Destino right. Like it just felt off. So and I don't know if that was a story they were trying to tell or whatnot, you know, but I don't know. It was weird because it feels like Naito could do that in his sleep at this point. So and I mean, we know Tanahashi knows how to take it. So it was just weird. I don't know. But it was a fantastic match regardless. Right, well, like David said before, we haven't really watched Night 3 yet, but we can still run down the bracket, and then we'll give you guys the scores. First off, we have Jeff Cobb defeating Shingo. We have Okada defeating Takahashi. We have Taichi defeating Suzuki. We have Osprey defeating Ishii. And we have Jay White defeating Ibushi. Defeating the god already. They got a bigger story <laughs> to tell, Christian. 
yes, yes. <laughs> um, like I know they were shorthanded before, but what the hell is Takahashi doing to this fucking G one? Oh, I mean, he's he's been wrestling a little bit better. I mean, I they guess. were feuding, <laughs> know. you know, Okada and him, you know, for a while. But, uh-huh. but I felt like just because they were so shorthanded, they needed to do something. But I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. And maybe they've built him up at this point. Um, like you said, we we've only caught like glimpses of New Japan over the past like couple months. So, but I don't know. I don't know. It just feels like there could be someone else, you know, in the G one besides Takahashi. <laughs> That's just me. I mean, even seeing that his name on the card, I just didn't believe, like find it believable that he would beat Okada or um, Osprey. You know, I- or half of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they've conditioned us to believe. Uh-huh. Like he's just been, I don't know, on the lower end of the totem pole when it comes to like, I don't know, New Japan and the Bullet Club for that matter. I am, I am surprised that Taichi beat Suzuki. I know that they're kind of pushing him right now, but I'm wondering if that's going to cause any issues, you know, within the faction. You know, um, Suzuki definitely said, like, hey, uh, don't bring your A game because I'm going to be bringing mine. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's at least a level of respect there. <laughs> oh, I hope Suzuki kicks him out. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's, he- you know, he's had better matches of late. Mm-hmm. He seems a little more motivated, but yeah, fuck Taichi. He, he's got to get better at fake singing. Put a little effort in. How about he just stops fake singing? <laughs> Fair enough. But it's just like when I see yeah. his mouth isn't moving and he's just I know it just drives me nuts. But that's like that's how I feel like I feel like that almost translates into the ring sometimes, at least previously. Mm-hmm. Like there's where he's just it feels lazy to me, you know, <laughs> just kind of relying on too many, too many heel tactics almost, mm-hmm. um, you know, and not enough wrestling. So, I mean, it, it does feel like he's like upped his game at least because he's talented. Obviously, he wouldn't be signed with New Japan if he wasn't talented. Maybe he knows he's winning the G1. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine the fucking outcry? <laughs> I can imagine the long song he sings at the end oh, of the G1 for no reason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With an encore. All right. Well, let's get into the ranks and the scores so far. Um Starting with the A block when it comes to scores, uh, we have Will Ospreay, Taichi, and Jay White, all with four um, points so far. Um, perfect scores for them. Um, Ibushi, Suzuki, Okada, and Cobb with two. Um, and then down at the bottom, we have Ishii, Takahashi, and Shingo with zero. Um, over on the B block, um, pretty easy since we've only had one night. We have Naito, Yano, Robinson, Zack Sabre Jr., and Kenta all with two points. And Tanahashi, Sonata, Yoshihashi, Evil, and Goto with zero. This is just the beginning. We've got plenty more nights to go, so all these yeah. numbers are definitely going to be fluctuating like crazy. Oh, yeah. There's always some big comeback, mm-hmm. you know? There's always someone who has, like, no points who ends up, like, coming close to winning the whole thing at the end. So, um, you Yano. Know, we'll see. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Don't sleep on Yano. So next week we will be back with more G1 Climax coverage. Um, and we'll also be reviewing WWE's Clash of Champions. All right, let's get out of here. 
All right, but before we head out, make sure to head over to dramacityproductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts. That's right, and if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Yeah, it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going. And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. Hey, and if you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Tee Public. They have shirts, they have sweatshirts, I think they have mugs, bumper stickers, the works, man. Absolutely, and you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. All right, like we said at the beginning of the show, Horror Month begins next week. That's right, to celebrate October and all things Halloween, we're kicking off our month-long celebration with a countdown of our favorite zombie films. And we'll also be reviewing the Netflix horror series, Ratched. All right, so that's going to do it. Yep, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. You will. You will.